Charlie, and welcome to the podcast that's about to take your faith on a delightful and slightly unpredictable journey. That's right. It's time to dive into the world of messy antics. Now, if you've ever found yourself caught between the matzo cracker and the communion wafer, you're in for an absolute treat. We're here to chat about all things messianic and Torah, and let me tell you, it's a roller coaster of divine proportions. Think of us as your trusty guide in this biblical amusement park. We're going to explore the highs and the lows, the holobread wins, and the wandering in the wilderness fails. Get ready for candid conversations, guest appearance by prophets, well, maybe just their descendants, and discussions about what it's really like to walk out this whole word of Adonai. So whether you're a seasoned sukkah assembler or you're just wondering about what on earth is a mezuzah, join us for some laughter and maybe learning a little bit about this holy chaos. After all, life is messy and faith is full of antics. It is not very often that I get to uh, share time with my favorite people. Oh, wait, I do that every week. Wait, okay, never mind. I get to share today with my bestie, and many of you know Brenda Johnson, but I want to tell you a little about her before she and I get to talk about some of her fun experiences. Um, you know what? I'm going to say she is a Christian and student of the Bible since 1971. Oh my gosh. Brenda recognized Jesus as the Jewish Messiah of the promise in a life-changing experience in 1999. She is passionate about seeing the divine spark truth within every person that she meets, ignited into a consuming fire by Adonai. She is a traveling speaker, author, an instructor in the Ruta Cafe, and one of the founding board members and founding with me. Video course she has is entitled The Hebrew Alphabet: Discovering the Energy of the Letters. Brenda is currently in Berlin, Germany, where she is working closely with the pastors of Reset Charlotte, Charlottesburg in a supportive role, teaching, leading, prayer, and small groups, and one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And I am so excited that you're here with me. I mean, no, really. No. No, really. No, like, really. Like so excited. So excited <laughs> that you're here. Thank you for being here with Messy Annex. This yeah. is really fun. There is uh tell me what's happening in Berlin right now. Like what's going on? It's snowing. That's one thing. It's absolutely beautiful. It's snowing. Uh it's gorgeous. Yeah, that's been fantastic. Um I'm in, I'm involved with a, an amazing little church uh that um was founded 10 years ago. They just had their 10-year anniversary. Uh it's an offshoot of a church that my brother started here 25 years ago. And, um, yeah, so I'm involved with them and involved with the pastor. And I'm just, I mean, I'll tell you what, when you're standing where you're supposed to be, the grace is phenomenal. It's amazing. And I'm ha I have a fun, I know that Friday night you're staying with a really beautiful family I am. and you actually were able to walk them through Shabbat on yes. Friday. Yes. And we sang and we, we prayed and the dad prayed over all of the children. And, um, it was the most <laughs> surreal experience. It was just beautiful. Yeah. Just I beautiful. love this. Yeah. I love it. You know, something that's happening recently and some of you might be like, what have they maybe started right off? Like, wait, I thought this was a messianic, uh, podcast. <laughs> Listen, Something's happening this year with many of leaders that I know, including you and I and, and several others, that we've all been called back, that we have been attending churches and yes. he's planting us in there. And one of the things that he told me, Brenda, was that 
I, when I, we were in the portion with Joseph is go in his chariot and the, it says the people bowed down before him and that he, um, I was thinking, Oh, and he says, exactly. You would have never been able to save all the nations because you would have worried about looking to Egyptian because oh you would have stayed in the pit. You wouldn't have put the liner on. You wouldn't have put the clothes on. You wouldn't have put any of those things on because you would have looked to Egyptians. Your brothers would have totally recognized you, but yeah. you also would not have been able to save your family. You wouldn't have been able to save the nations. You yeah. wouldn't have been able to align because you're so worried about these yes. things that are not me. And so I've really had to submit, Brenda, all those no. things. And I know you have too. That's why you're working even with a Christian church now. But isn't it beautiful as that's happening? They're watching our lives and they're like, wait, wait, I want to know more about that. It's almost like we're missionaries in. We are missionaries. Yeah, exactly. Right where we're, wherever we are, right where we are, there's something that we're supposed to be bringing. There's something in the atmosphere that's supposed to change. Yes. When we walk in the room and I'm not talking about being all full of ourselves or anything. No, 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 no. That's not it at all. It's, it's, it's having that personal walk with the Lord where it's your, your soul is so on fire for him that all you want to do is bless the people around you. And you know what, when they, when you're in Mexico, you say, Hey, Seuss, when you're in Germany, you say, uh, Jesus, Jesus, when you're in a church, a Christian church, you say, Jesus, it, he knows who he is. He does not have an identity crisis. He knows exactly who he is. But if you say words like Yeshua to people that are in a church and they don't understand it, they're the first thing they're going to do is push away because you're expecting them to hear or feel or think something they're not familiar with or comfortable with. Right. So I mean, Paul does a great job with this. I think Paul oh does gosh. a great job about being all things to all people. And well, let's circle back around to this before we close. I'm going to start out by hearing how did you find Yeshua in Torah? Like, how did you, how did this come alive to you? Okay. Uh, very funny story. Very long. How much time do I have? <laughs> I went on, I was on a trip to, <clears throat> I was in the process of going to Israel. My sister had invited me to go with her. I am, I went to Texarkana to meet with her and we were going to fly together to Israel. Um, but Arafat was being a bad boy at the time and the, all the borders got closed. Hello. And so I was stuck in Texarkana uh, and we went to a, a dinner party on Friday night and uh, this guy started um, writing on a whiteboard and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I've been hoodwinked into an Amway meeting. <laughs> I was like, oh these people. Oh. And uh, so he starts writing on his uh, whiteboard. There was about 30 of us. I, I don't know, maybe 30 of us there, maybe, maybe 25. I don't remember. Anyway. Um, yeah. So he starts writing and he starts talking about Genesis one and then Genesis two. And he wrote this word up on the chalkboard or the whiteboard. And the word was a hove. And he said the word, and it blew right through me hmm. and my eyes opened up and I realized then and there, oh my gosh, Jesus is the Messiah. He, he's not just 
he's not just the savior. He's the Messiah. Mm. And all of a sudden, everything in my life, I mean, literally changed. I started having visions for days of two towers and they were on fire. And it was me. It was me on fire. My towers were burning down to the ground and there was heaps of ashes and that was pretty much it. And then the Holy One started speaking to me in a ticker tape, which was really weird because it started on the right and it went to the left and it was all in letters I didn't understand or I couldn't understand. It was the Hebrew alphabet and he was, there was words that were being written across in my mind going across and I was not familiar with them at all. And because of that, he has put within me the most amazing passion for the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, but that was my experience meeting him. And, and it, it was different than anything else. I'd been saved since 1971. I loved God. I was serving. I was uh, on staff at a huge church, you know. Um, I knew the Lord. I was following hard after him. I was, you know, I was going to get it done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden slam I, he slammed right into me changed everything and it got messy I mean we talk about some we talk about a couple other messy things but it got messy for you because all of a sudden how do you have a foot in both camps and things yeah. don't look the same and then or maybe even the church is like oh that's too Jewish you have to step down I mean that got pretty messy yeah it got pretty messy and then you thought this is the plan I'm on but it got all taken away yeah exactly Right. Uh, you know, pretty much everything. I, I remember that I did a retreat shortly after um, this encounter that I had with the Holy One and, uh, and the late and one of the main people came up to me and said, could you just go back to teaching the way that you used to teach, you know, where you were really funny and, and, you know, you did all that stuff. Uh, but this is just, this is just not good. I'm like, wow, because I was, it was too Jewish. It was really funny because right after Brenda left there, he brought me in and I was on fire and I began teaching the same thing. They're like, wait, this is the same stuff Brenda was teaching. So apparently he was after them. So he was after them and he still is after them and hallelujah. Yes. Right. And that's, and that's what we get to do. So anyway, um, yeah, it was pretty messy for me. Um, yeah, it, it, I, and I didn't handle things well. If I had it to do over again, I would do things quite a bit differently. But God's so gracious. You He's know. so good. He's so good. Tell me about some more times when it got messy for you. Oh, um, I remember one time, uh, I think it was the first time I ever celebrated Hanukkah with my family. Um, I... I had printed out everything that everybody was to say and and I had put their names on it and I'd given my kids all four kids I had they were all sitting around the table and I had given them each a little packet this is how they were going to do it this was what they were going to say this was the whole, and and then my boys started reading the prayers transliterated I mean I transliterated it so that they didn't have any way of making a mistake because it had to be perfect and my son, Jason, was reading and he was saying some of the words, Baruch. and then he started pretending like he was coughing and then pretending like he was spitting. And then the kid and the other boys started doing it. And then the next thing I knew, there was food flying everywhere. And it was just, a, and I just stood there and cried because my perfect, my perfect way of 
expressing this, you know, love to God in on on you know Hanukkah, and my children are having food fights and laughing hysterically, knocking each other over, and the walls have food on them, and the curtains have food on, and I just cried and cried and cried, and I look back at that now and I think, geez, Brenda, but I was very religious, and uh, and, and this is what. I needed in order for God to break me. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We, we're talking now about you leaving the church and, yeah. and, and how painful that was, but aren't yeah. you glad hindsight that he yeah. took you out of the church? Cause you would have brought all that religion into this and it would have just been painful. It would have been a heavy yoke to them. It, yeah. yeah. It would have been yeah. not life in that. And it was, it, you know, and it was, I did bring a lot of it with me the first few years. And, um, uh, you know, but God was, he was after me and he wanted to change my heart. And the only way that he could do it was through, um, a lot of disappointment and a lot of heartache. And what am I going to do about it? You know, you have a choice. Yeah. You're going to get angry. Uh, you're going to quit or you're going to allow that pain to become a strength within you and move forward. And, you know, I, um, I quit quite a bit. <laughs> And then I get back to day. I quit several times a day, several times a day. Um, but, uh, but it, it changed me. And I am so grateful now where I'm at. Uh, I'm so grateful that that religious Brenda, my younger religious Brenda, um, that God loved me anyway. You know, when I was holding people accountable for things that I had no business holding them accountable for, when I was expecting things from people that I had no business expecting, wow. uh, you know, ouch. Right. Yeah. I feel so seen right now. Ah. <laughs> and, and because of that, you know, he didn't give up on me, even though I was a brat, even though I was very hard and, and very, you know, this is the way it's going to be. And he loved what me changed? anyway. What changed that make you suddenly go from there? Because we all do that. We go from one extreme where we're like, just we buy everything Jewish and we're going to go to our ancestry and we're going to all just this, because we're just, I mean, this is such an awakening to awakening. Yes. How, how did it change for you to go, to go find this nice middle ground? Right. I mean, you know me, I went there and then I was like, this is too much. I went way back into Christianity, full blown again. And then I came back in and found a really beautiful middle. How did that work for you? Yeah, I think that's pretty much um, exactly what happened with me too. I the extreme uh, I was used to extremes, and so when I uh, started discovering this new way of thinking, this new way of looking at the Bible, the new, a new way of studying the Word, I was hot after it, man. I mean, I I was um, on it was before we had the type of cell phones we have now, and I was on a um, on a phone listening to a study, a yeshiva study in Louisiana when I lived in California. And I just was listening on the phone and they would, they would um, put the phone down on the table while people were studying so that I could hear them study. I mean, I was after it. (laughs) Anything that I could get my hands on, I was after it. But the thing was that it began building a pride within me and that had to be severed. And the severing came from heartache. I mean, you know, God knows me. So it wasn't going to be a a gentle, sweet little, oh, honey, please don't do that again. No. (laughs) 
it was a it was an 18 wheel Mack truck <laughs> it slammed into me over and over again and then finally I was like oh maybe you don't want me to do that <laughs> yeah and that's that's really I'm a hard case so you know <laughs> I'm, I'm just appreciative of your honesty because that's the whole point of us doing this podcast is that I am trying to just not only just let people out of the closets, but open the closet doors and say, we're not keeping our skeletons in the closet. We're not keeping whatever's happening in your life that you're trying to work this process out. And I know that you have a really beautiful word that you've shared multiple times with the women in the Ruta Cafe about the grace of walking through a marriage. We haven't talked about this, but we have time. The grace of walking through through marriage when one of you has been enlightened and the other one hasn't, whether you're the husband or whether you're the wife, would you just speak some life to some, some women and men out there about that? Because a lot of times we have seen, you and I have seen people who've actually divorced has happened um, because of this. And can I just be not, not because it had nothing to do with, there was no other reason for the divorce. I want to clarify. Yes. That was the only reason for it was because they uh, weren't walking in unity under, in Torah. Can you, can you speak to that? So when, when you are married, you're in covenant and a lot of uh, people that I've spoken with and Charlie, that you've spoken with too, they say, well, I'm, I'm not equally yoked because they, my spouse doesn't uh, walk in Torah. Well, (laughs) The thing is that you made the covenant with them before you started walking in Torah. And the covenant that you made was before God. Um, It is his responsibility to enlighten people and bring them to the revelation of Torah. It does not come by you slamming into them, making, you know, having messianic music on when they walk in the door so that it's ringing in their ears you know, uh, subtle little hints, uh, that are not so subtle, right. Those things will destroy you. So we have to stop and say, what am I doing where I'm at? How does the Holy one want to use me? And what type of an example do I want to have for my children? Do I want to have an example for my children that there is conflict constantly and that I'm a nagging person that's constantly disappointed with my spouse because they are not measuring up to the standard that I am imposing upon them. No, what, what we want to do is see the Holy one moving within our families, moving in such a way through grace and love, such a way that people's lives are transformed for generations. Absolutely. And not come about with us hammering our spouse or our parents or our best friends hammering them and telling them where they're, where they are not measuring up. Right. We we can't continue that train of thinking. If we want to have Shalom in our homes. And if we want to be bringing Shalom into the other homes that we go into, we really have to allow the Holy one And and this is a time of year, for those of you who are listening uh, currently, um, this is a time of year where we're headed into um, Christmas, we're headed into Hanukkah, and a lot of times we're trying to shove Hanukkah down everyone's throat, and they're like, we're not Jewish, we don't understand why you're doing this, and 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 some of you have the Christmas tree up next to your menorah, we want to love you and just let you know it's okay, Mm -hmm. let 
Paul is really good about this. You have to walk this out with your, well, I'll speak to the women, your meek and quiet spirit. That's Not right. by like what Brenda was saying, hammering it over their head is this is what you don't should all over them. This is what you should do. This is what you should do. Instead, honor. And then yeah. what they're going to say is, wow, who, I mean, Brenda, you and I know we have multiple testimonies. We have a very dear friend who went through a process like this and she, I do not recommend reading the garden of gratitude, but read at your own risk. But as she read the book, it broke her. It began, she began changing. And instead of, she didn't have to force anything down anyone's throat. No, not happened, at all. Right, Brenda, what happened with her? Her whole spirit changed. And they're like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, the marriage that she had always wanted and had yearned for and had pushed for and had fought for, uh, all of a sudden that marriage was birthed in, in her home and her and her husband ended up seriously falling in love all over again. Uh, he began walking in Torah. He began leading. He began reading the word every single day with her, praying every single day with her. Not like just a quick, you know, we did it for three weeks for Lent or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, for years now. And it all came from her having a humble and meek spirit and her loving and honoring the man that God put into her life. Right. And when she did that, when she, which is exactly what happened with me was the same thing. He was not interested in the people that I, I was around, for, you know, as far as my opinion of what was going on with them. He was interested in me looking inside of myself and saying, I don't have time to be criticizing other people. There is so much within me, Father, that is unholy. There is so much within me that is religious. There's so much within me that is not truth and it's not serving me well and it's not serving anyone else well. There's no time. There's no time to be worried about other people. God will take care of them. But if we focus on our, our if we focus on ourselves, actually, if we focus on us having that walk with the Holy One, which is what our friend did, she focused on what God wanted to do in her life, the changes God wanted to make in her life. And when she allowed him to begin molding her, it changed everything. It, I can't even tell you the generations, children being delivered from drugs, ch uh, children being delivered from um, addiction, uh, her husband coming to, to walk in Torah and to love the Lord in a way that he never even knew existed. Right. Not from her battering him, but from her her being humble in herself and recognizing that she didn't know everything. Right. Right. And I yeah. understand we are not trying to minimize. We know when your heart's desire, if it's your wife or your husband, you're just wanting them to be in unity with you and do this because you're so excited. And they're like, mm, not so much. And it's okay. It's okay. If you have to get two pizzas, it's okay. If you have to do that and you don't say a word. I mean, we literally have the instructions in the Bible of what to do. It doesn't say go around and beat them over the head. Just be, and you watch. I hope this is speaking life to someone because I know this time of year is a struggle. You yes. watch. You watch as you walk through that. Pray fast. Do whatever you want to do, but but ask him to change you, right? right. Change yes. you. Lord, change me. Yes. Yeah. Charlie, you've you've prayed that for years. I remember, I remember years, like 20 years ago, you were praying, Lord, change me. What? change me. Yeah. 
That is that is such a beautiful prayer. That'll change your life. That'll if change your life. The first words. Yep. I mean, it became a mantra. And in the middle, I'll just say, you know, now it's become a habit because it's a new pattern. Yes. And that's what he's working yes. on with me lately is about renewing patterns because my patterns are are changing mindsets. And I realize he says not to be conformed to the patterns of this world. Well, the patterns of this world is griping, complaining, all those things, but being transformed by the renewing of my mind. What has renewed my mind is if Brenda and I right now were in a scuffle and she said something that just like pushed my buttons, whatever. The first thing now I have trained myself a pattern to do is to say, Lord, change me. Mm. When my husband and I or whatever, to stop and say, Lord, change me. I mean, this happened just recently and I was like in the car and I instantly was like, Lord, change me. I'm like, you know, I don't have anything respectful or loving to say right now. And I care about you too much to further this. Can we table this until I can get, you know, get my emotions in control here. And I just love you too much to be dishonorable. And because I, you start praying, Lord, change me. And he will. Yeah, he really will. And it, and it's for good. I mean, it's a good change. It's so good. And it's, yes, it's painful. Hard. Brenda talked about yeah. that in the beginning, how hard it was when she was saying all those things, he yeah. was breaking pride. He's breaking rebellion. He's breaking insecurities. He's breaking, I'm talking, pointing to myself. Yeah. And, and I hope that as you've heard this podcast, or if you watch this, that you have said, to, you've saw oh, hyperlink. Oh, the log in my eye and the speck in someone else's that includes your spouse. Yes, it does. That includes your children. How you treat, yeah. how you treat them is how you treat Messiah. Amen. So yeah. how would you, how would you, would you do that to Messiah? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. no. And no, you didn't see him. He was a perfect example. He didn't run around pointing at everybody what they yeah. did wrong. No, not at all. Even the people he could have, and he of all people could have and didn't. Yeah, still. 100%. So, so this is the fun part. We're going to jump into a rapid round. So we get to know you a little bit better. And we, for sure, we're going to have you back. Cause I know you have some fun stuff. We'll close telling them about your workbook for the Olive bet that you're getting ready. You already have an amazing course on this. But this workbook is going to be a phenomenal addition to that. But let's jump in. So tell me something totally useless that you still have memorized. 838-7588. Eight years old. That was my phone number. I thought you were going to say 8675309. If you could see a movie for the first time again, what movie would it be? Oh, jeez. You guys love Grace. This is a graceful podcast. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Ooh, yeah, for the first time, yeah. On a scale of one to five, how adventurous are you? Five. Yes. I love you. Living in Germany with people you don't know. That's so five. I sold my elevator elevator or stairs? Uh, Stairs always. Do you follow directions or do you improvise? Both. <laughs> Lord, change me. Lord, change me. No, I'm just kidding. Birthday, go big or low key? Private oh, joke. Sorry, guys. Super low key. Low, 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 low. Lower super than low. low key. Yeah. M- M&Ms by the handful or one by one? Oh, good grief. A bucket full. A bucket full? Yeah. A bucket full. Do you eat them by color? No, I do not. I throw them into my mouth and I chew. 
non-discriminant. You, I've told you this. This is Love one of the that. questions we ask. We have learned a lot about our OCD people who divide and conquer. They div- they eat according to color and then less to greater or greater. It's just a thing. So this yeah. is funny. Mm-mm. What no. is, you're like trough. Give me a trough. Of trough. Yes. Peanut, peanut or regular? Oh, peanut. Right. So, so me, okay, this is, I'm sorry, we're going to get deep. So with your peanut M&M, do you, do you eat off the candy coating first and then eat it? Or do you eat it all at once? I break it. I bite it in half mm-hmm. and then I eat the coating off and then I eat the peanut. Same, same. <laughs> What's something that you really, really wish you liked it, but you, you just don't like it? I think making phone calls. <laughs> right? Yeah. I Thank think, you. yeah. That's a good one. You know, I remember in Mary Kay, we used to have to go into a little room and make phone calls for 30 minutes. And I'll tell you what, that just was torture for me. That, yeah. I just, yeah, I'm so happy yeah. for texting. Love it so much. Yes, I do too. <laughs> How old were you when you got your driver's license? 21. 21. What is your favorite place in Israel that you, to visit? Oh, um, oh man. Oh, oh, geez. All of these. Okay. I think that the two favorite places I'll have to do two. My first favorite place was, um, the cave where Elijah hid out. Ooh. Uh, that, I mean, I was just blown away by that. The second favorite place that I was, was in the Judean desert, standing with my feet in the scalding hot sand and looking up at the mountains that had not changed since Jesus walked there Mm -hmm. and watching the sheep, like climbing these little trails, um, on the mountain that to me, that was life-changing. Wow. That's so good. Tell me, tell me about who some of your favorite teachers or, or authors that you're reading right now. Oh my goodness. Or listening um, to. You know what? Recently I have just been so focused on my workbook that all of the things that I've been reading and focusing on are more um not not enjoying. I mean not enjoyable enjoyable reading, yeah. but more technical um yeah. technical reading. So it really depends. Now if I'm um if I'm really wanting a good uh study, I love um uh, almost said David Aaron. Oh, gee. Um, the guy that runs Alpha Beta. <laughs> that guy. Rabbi Foreman. <laughs> yes, Rabbi Foreman. I really love him. Obviously, and I remember his name. <laughs> it's it's how he humbles us, truly. Yes, yes. Um, I really, I really love that. But as far as uh, teachers go, uh, I really love Halisa Alwine. Uh, I love that she knows so much more than me. I love, <laughs> I love feeling like I have so much to learn. It, it, I don't know. That's just an exciting and thing. She loves that. She loves hearing that because she'll just tell you the teacher's always supposed to know more than the student. That's her. Yeah, I love that. And she just asks questions. She's such a great rab rab rabbinites rabbinites. Yes. So, so what's your favorite book of all time? Do you have a favorite, your favorite book of all time? Like, oh gosh, Bible. Like, okay, I'm on a deserted island. I can only have one book. (laughs) Bible. Okay, next. Oh, guys, you're gonna be so mad at me. The Garden of Gratitude. 
Yeah. No, the garden. I thought you were going to pull out like a Patricia Cornwell or something like something no. like you know. I, murder. We like the detective okay. murder mystery ish kind of. No. Yeah, one day I will be able to get back into reading those. Just haven't been able to for the last few years. So yeah. Uh, but this, I love this book because it tears me up. Yeah, I read. Like you can uh, only read like a paragraph, paragraph, a paragraph at a time. That's it. That's it. You cannot read it chapter by chapter. No, you cannot. Or even page by page. I'm sorry. Okay, throw it across the room. Yes. Pass this... out demons because I'm pretty yeah. sure it's demon possessed. I think yeah. that you have the book that I used to throw across the room. Didn't I give you the... Didn't I, don't I, give you the maybe. I don't know if you did. I think Linda gave me a copy. I'm not sure. So tell me, tell me the last question I'm going to ask you is what have you changed your mind about in this last year? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Oh, that's a really good question, Charlie. Uh, I think for me, what I've changed my mind about is that I no longer allow myself to have uh, negative self-talk. I I mean, I literally do not allow it. And so when I hear a negative reel playing in my brain saying, oh, that's so stupid. Why can't you ever get that right? As soon as I start hearing that, I stop and I, I tell myself right there, Brenda, you are not going down that road. No, you don't have time for this. It doesn't it's mean taking your thought captive. Yeah. Hmm. Big time. Yes. And it's not that I think that I'm, you know, perfect or I don't make any mistakes, please. That's not it at all. But, but what God does not want me to do, what his word discourages me from doing is speaking evil and Lashon Hurrah. And the thing is that a lot of us speak Lashon Hurrah to ourselves and nobody else knows. So to other people, we may not be speaking evil speak or cursing them or, you know, uh, hurting them or murdering them, ripping their limbs off, which is basically what, what we do with our words, but we do it to ourselves. And so this year I have been practicing this moment by moment, literally every single day. I practice that. And I, um, and I, and I put a face on, I put a face on the Brenda that, that speaks this way to herself. Does she have a name? Did you rename her? I have, mine's Maleficent. So I have not got a name or you can be like, so I have Tourette's, you know, you know how it is at my house. Cause she's stayed with me before you'll hear me yelling, like, stop. And it's like, I have Tourette's because I'm like screaming at myself because I will stop that thought. Yes. Stop that thought. You have to, you you have have to, to be aggressive and war. Be It's war. Yeah. It is war. We are, we are at war. Would you do a final thoughts? And I just want you, if you would just speak to the, the men and women that are listening right now. And I want you to speak to them because I know your heart in this area about them being where they are right now oh. and struggling with feeling like they're behind. Yes. Um, I just want to speak to all of you that may be feeling like you've missed out or you didn't catch, you know, you didn't know in time or uh, you don't do things well enough or you don't know how to celebrate the feasts or the festivals enough or all of the things that make you feel that you're behind. And, And let me just tell you that the way that the Holy One speaks to us is is like this. When, when you do one thing, when you do one thing that is moving you toward his presence, when you do one thing that is taking you to another level, even if it's just sitting in your chair and saying, I just need to 
meditate on you right now, Father. That one thing, you are building a holy space, a holy presence, a space where you have invited in like the tabernacle, you have invited the Holy One in. And that means that you are not behind anything. Because what you can do is you can do that over and over and over throughout the day. And if you don't have a degree, it's okay. Do you need to get a degree? Then go get a degree. You know, but if you if you can't right now at this particular time, then let that go and say, well, what can I do instead then? What what can I be doing instead? What can I be doing instead of having a job outside the home and making a lot of money? Um, yeah, and this is live. <laughs> this is live, and I have people calling me. Um, and so, and so, I would say if if you're feeling like you're behind, all you need to do is have a shift of perspective. You are not behind. He knows exactly who you are and where you are. This is important for you to understand. Because if the enemy can continue to impress upon you that you are behind or you're not good enough or that others are doing it better and that you need to keep your mouth shut because nobody wants to hear from you. But the word tells us that your fragrance is needed in everything. He chose you to partner with. He chose you. And if you if you feel like you're behind, then you're not going to be operating in your in the fullness of, of what he has for you right now. And, and there we go. Well, everyone, I just want to tell everyone, thank you again, Brenda. I so appreciate you for all that you have done today. Everything you've said, everyone sh- keep an eye out. If you are interested in Brenda's, um, if you're interested in her workbook, keep your eyes open. Well, I'm going to put that in all the places so that you can find and stalk Brenda. She's going to be keeping in touch with you. Make sure you follow her on social media. You're also going to want to come over to the Ruta Cafe and join the Ruta Cafe because they're, I mean, for just a very small amount every month, you can take her course, save a ton of money and make yep. a, take her course in the alphabet. It will change your life. It will. You're going to love it so much. And thank you again, Brenda, because we yeah. all remember doing this. Sometimes it just gets messy. It And that's a wrap on another Messy Antics Adventure. My fellow spiritual adventurers, from splitting red seas of laughter to stumbling upon mana mishaps, we've truly experienced the full spectrum of messianic marvels and Torah tales. Remember, folks, as we navigate the sometimes bewildering but always beautiful path of faith, it's okay to have a few loose ends along the way. Embracing the messiness of life is what makes our journey genuine and our connection with Adonai so meaningful. Before we go, let's take a moment to thank our incredible guests who shared their story, insights, and aha moments with us. And of course, a big thank you to you, our amazing listeners. Without you, we'd just be folks sitting in here with a microphone, and that's just not as fun. We'll catch up with you next time on Messy Antics, where the Torah is our compass and laughter is our guiding star. Stay joyful, stay curious, and may your days be filled with blessings that are as abundant as manna in the wilderness. And help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us that five-star review.